we turn now to explicitly to land theft. Um, and I'm going to be talking about the historical process of legalized land theft. I put legalized in quotation marks because these are legal from the perspective of European and European-American nations, not legal from the perspective of native or indigenous nations. First stage I'm going to talk about is the doctrine of discovery. I think you guys know about that. This is uh, based in papal or pope proclamations, beginning actually in 1452, applying to Africa, and then also applying to Columbus and the Americas. The first European country to discover lands unknown to other European Christian nations uh, claimed property and sovereign rights over the lands and the people. Second, well, I'll just talk about strip right to the Louisiana Purchase, which is, of course, this uh, huge attainment of land by the United States from France. Before that, via uh, treaty from Spain to France, and indigenous people say, what? Whose land really is it? And uh, Waz, I think, or Jonathan already said something about the 1823 U.S. Supreme Court decision that ruled on the basis of the doctrine of discovery that the United States has absolute title to all lands in its boundaries. Indigenous nations only have the right of occupancy, not the right of title, uh, as agreed to by the United States government. And if we come to this area, uh, the Oregon Territory by treaty, uh, basically, and the indigenous people say, what? How does this land become U.S. land by treaty with, uh, with England? And I'm going to look at treaties. So I was asking myself, uh, well, is the land really stolen? What about the treaties? So, and these are treaties with the indigenous nations. And I'll talk mostly about Minnesota because I'm more familiar with it. First treaty in Minnesota was negotiated by, with, by a Zebulon Pike, I think in 1805. Um, of the seven Indian leaders present at the negotiations, only two signed the treaty. So one of the things is you find uh, leaders to sign and you ignore those who refuse to sign. And as even the Minnesota Historical Society, sometimes called the Minnesota Hysterical Society, said, it's unclear that the two that signed, because of the cultural and language barriers, really uh, knew what was going on. Second, use the fur trade and debt to get land. This is basically predatory lending to get land. It goes back to the passage you talked about, uh, Jonathan, with the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man got rich through predatory lending to get land. Same thing happens here. 
also uh, kill buffalo, star cause starvation to get rank. So in the Midwest, something like 30 million, perhaps 50 million buffalo roamed the land. That number was reduced to less than 500. Not 500,000, 500. It was intentional extermination. We see the huge pile of buffalo skulls. Intentional extermination of the primary food source to cause starvation so the indigenous leaders would trade land for food rations. Behind it all was military threats. This quotation from Dr. Eldon Lawrence, um, if you do not sign the treaties, the other alternative is we're going to drive you all the way to the Rocky Mountains where you're going to starve to death and we'll never have to worry about you again. And then in 1887, as if enough land had not already been taken, the U.S. government passed the Dawes Act or the Allotment Act, which divided Native American tribal land into allotments for individual Native families or households. The idea was, let's force them to be farmers on the European-American model. But land remaining after allotments was sold to white Americans. Basically was a huge land grab. Native Americans lost about 90 million acres of their treaty land or about two-thirds of the 1887 land base. And so the U.S. government sold what was considered excess land taken from the Native uh, uh, indigenous tribes and this shows in 1910, fine lands in the West for sale by the government, and you probably can't read it, but included here is Washington. All over the country. And legalized land theft, stage 10. Whatever is left of the treaties, break them, change them, or nullify them to get even more land. And so the partnership with Native Americans says over 500 treaties were made with American Indian tribes primarily for land cessation, but 500 treaties were also broken, changed, or nullified. And I think you can see there the quotation from Oglala Lakota Chief Red Cloud. So the land really was stolen. We'll talk about land return. Five reasons for land return. One is that systemic racism has two sides. One side is the systemic uh, oppression of people of color. The other side is unjust benefit for European Americans. In this case, the land stolen from native people for the benefit of white settlers and their descendants like me. So if you're against systemic racism, what does that mean about land? 
second reason, right relationship with the land. Let's give up a sense of entitlement to stolen land and replace it with a sense of fairness and justice. Third reason is a practical consideration. It may be unrealistic to return all the land, but it is unjust to return none. So the question is not whether to return it. The question is how to do it. And a restorative justice insight. Now Mennonites are big into restorative justice, right? So there are three questions that restorative justice asks. One is, what harm was done to whom? Well, the land was stolen from the indigenous people. Second, how can the harm be repaired? Well, land can be returned. Third, who is responsible for the repair? Well, European Americans. And I think the insight is that when the beneficiary of harm, which is me, takes responsibility and makes restitution, then there is moral and spiritual healing. And what I am saying to white Mennonites, to European Americans, is we need to be healed. And that is of our, to our benefit. And finally, an eschatological perspective from Mohandas Gandhi. Be the change you want to see in the world. If you want to see land returned, do your part. Go ahead and do it. Four practical ways to return land. And this, all of these are happening with the Makoche Ikikchupi project, land recovery project uh, in Minnesota. One, pay a portion of proceeds or proceeds of land sales to indigenous groups working for land justice. So I did that. And a lot of other folks are doing that too. Not nearly enough, but it is a start. Pay monthly back rent. I was so pleased to see the real rent Duwamish um, thing in your bulletin and what you are doing with that. Pay the amount of your property taxes. And fourth, put land reparations in your will or estate. 